This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. Come on in. Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly here at Studio B on the campus of the Saints and the Pelicans. Hope this Tuesday finds you well. We have a good show for you today. We'll talk Saints. We'll talk Pelicans. And uh, unfortunately, it was uh, not a good one-game road trip for the Pelicans last night. They fall in Orlando to the Magic 104-89. to The road woes continue for New Orleans as they drop to 3-15 away from the Smoothie King Center. It was okay in the first quarter. They got off to a slow start. They were outscored 9-0 to start and then uh, ended on a good run there. But they trailed after 125-23. Magic would score 25 or more in each of the four quarters, leading to a 104-89 victory last night. Next up for the Pelicans, the Los Angeles Clippers on New Year's Eve to ring in the new year. We'll have Jim Eikenhofer on from Pelicans.com, who was there last night, to kind of help us recap the game and also uh, talk about what's next for the Pelicans moving forward and why can't the Pelicans really get anything going. Fortunately, no consistency from this team right now. You have a couple of good wins uh, on the end of the road trip against Utah and Denver. Then you come home and beat Portland. You win two in a row. Then you lose to Miami on Christmas. You beat Houston on Saturday night. And unfortunately, you go back on the road and fall to Orlando. But there are some home games coming. You have a home game on Thursday against the Clippers and back on the road for one against Dallas. And then you're home for two more in January, but January sees nine home games compared to just five road games. So hopefully the Pelicans can string some wins together and fight for a playoff spot. Despite the 10 and 21 record, Pelicans sit just four games back of the playoffs. And it's tough though. You have to think about where the Pelicans sit in the Western conference standings. Yes, they're four games back, but they sit 14th in the West, which means they got to climb six teams in order to get to that playoff spot. So a winning streak has to happen in order for this Pelicans team to get back on track. Orlando was led by Nikola Vucevic last night. He was great. 28 points, 14 of 21 shooting, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. Did whatever he, whatever he wanted in the paint. And Evan Fournier, who had a career-high 30 points against the Pelicans in the first game these two teams met in the Smoothie King Center. He had 20 points last night on 7 of 12 shooting. The Magic have the best shooting percentage against the Pelicans this season. Opponent season high, that's a better way of explaining it. The Magic shoot 54.9% from the field. Before that, it was Golden State who had the best field goal percentage against the Pelicans in the third game of the season at 54.8. So the Magic matched that by 0.1 tenth of a percent. 45 of 82 last night. They were 7 of 17 from downtown and only turned the ball over 11 times. The Pelicans were led by Anthony Davis, 20 points, 9 of 16 shooting. He left the game for a little bit after getting that knee to the groin by Victor Oladipo. And Tyreek Evans, 16 points, 8 assists, 6 of 12 shooting from the field off the bench. Norris Cole had a nice night, 17 points, 8 of 14 shooting. He was a lot more aggressive driving to the hoop, not taking as many contested jumpers. And he looked good, 30 minutes, 8 of 14 shooting, 17 points for him. But it seems to be the energy and the intensity level not there, and it seems to be the start of quarters. Quarter number one, Magic get on a good start. Quarter number three, Magic get on a big run. Alvin Gentry yanks the starters. Same for the fourth quarter. And uh, you can tell that Anthony Davis and the team was frustrated last night. Here is AD after the game. AD um, seemed like it was a 
real close competitive first half in the beginning of the third quarter. It was kind of a momentum changer. What did you think kind of went their way? What did you think kind of went their way to turn the game? They played harder than us. Um, they made a lot of tough shots, but you know they played like they want to win this game. And um, in that second half, mainly that third quarter, we we kind of didn't. You know, they kind of. This team has had games where you guys seem like you have it all together and it's all working, and then games where it seems like it falls apart. What's kind of going on with this team in terms of identity? We just don't play hard all the time, you know, and that kind of that starts with our first unit, you know, coming out setting the pace, you know, setting the tone for the rest of the game and the rest of the guys that sub in. You know, we got to come out with more energy, you know, especially out of half times. They kind of been our thing this year, and um, you know, like I said, it starts with the first unit. It starts with me, and. Um, <clears throat> You know, when we have done it, you know, we've been able to win games. How does that change? Is that something that each guy has to do? Yeah, they're just, you know, person just, you know, inside. You know, just wanting to play hard, you know, you know, for yourself. You know, just playing hard. And, um, you know, everybody has to look in the mirror and just, you know, ask yourself, do you play hard? And if you sub, do you play hard? And if you do, and you do. If not, then you got to find a way to. All right, so the Pelicans will have off today. No practice for them. They'll practice tomorrow here uh, on the campus of the Saints and the Pelicans at Airline Drive, and then we'll play, play the Clippers on Thursday night. All right, we'll uh, hear from Jim Eichenhofer in our next segment. Then we'll hear from Pe Saints head coach Sean Payne. He spoke to the media yesterday in a conference call. It also is Sean Payne's birthday today. Happy birthday, coach. We'll hear from him, part of that, and then we'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of uh, the show. Okay, when we come back, Jim Mike and Offer from Pelicans.com. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Join your New Orleans Pelicans Thursday, December 31st at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when the Los Angeles Clippers tip off against your New Orleans Pelicans. Come out and ring in the new year with the Pelicans during our Smoothie King New Year's Eve celebration. The first 8,000 fans in attendance will receive a Drew Holiday bobblehead courtesy of Smoothie King. Tickets are going fast, so don't miss out on any of the fun. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all-natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. New Orleans, get ready for WWE Monday Night Raw. Televised live worldwide from Smoothie King Center. Monday night, January 11th, featuring the return of Brock Lesnar. Plus, you'll see John Cena, Roman Reigns, Demon Kane, The Lunatic Fringe, Dean Ambrose, Kevin Owens, The Divas, and many more in action. Don't wait. Great seats are available now at the box office and Ticketmaster. This is Anthony Davis, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. All right, welcome back to the show. It's never fun talking about a loss, but uh, our next guest kind of brightens up the day a little bit. He is Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Joins me every Tuesday here on the Black and Blue Report. Jim's at his uh, secret location, one of his many chateaus here in the New Orleans area. And Jim, uh, thank you for joining us on this Tuesday. Wish it was under better circumstances. Of course, it's always good to join you. I'm at a uh, 
I can. I'm not going to give the address, but I'm in my chateau in Metairie right now, just to let you know. Okay, glad we cleared that up a little bit. I can never tell which house you're at. So you have so many of them. <laughs> um, yeah, of course. Jim, let's talk about um, the Pelicans' road woes first. Um, the Pelicans have been playing well as of late, coming into last night's game, winners of four of six. But then again, you're three and fifteen on the road. You're, you score 108 points per game at home, averaging just 97 on the road, including last night you only score 89 against Orlando. And I understand road games are pretty tough in the NBA, but it's just mind-boggling how bad this Pelicans team has been on the road this season. Yeah, it is. I mean, I feel like it's one of those things that you can file under. If they could figure out why it's happening, they, it wouldn't happen anymore, and they'd be able to take care of it. But it, it's funny. It seems like we saw this a little bit last year as well where it, it's crazy if you look at the individual numbers of guys, of the five guys that I think people think of as the, as kind of the main scorers or the main uh, core of this team, being um, Anthony Davis, Ryan Anderson, Tyreek Evans, Eric Gordon, Drew Holiday. Of those five guys, every single one of them except for Anthony Davis, if you look at their home stats versus their road stats, they look like two different players. It's like schizophrenic if you if you really break it down. Um, Anthony Davis is the only one who has kind of similar numbers. You know, it, it doesn't fluctuate whether he's home or on the road. And I think a little bit of why his numbers sometimes are better on the road is because subconsciously or even maybe consciously a little bit, he looks around and says, I need to, I need to uh, score more because, you know, we're not getting some of the contributions that we get at home. So even his, I think you could, you could explain why his, Sometimes he averages more points on the road because they need it more. But um, the other guys, really, it, it's really um, hard to believe how they, you know, are so much better at home than they are on the road. Yeah, no doubt about that. I um, kind of want to talk about those five guys that you mentioned, Drew Holiday, Tyreek Evans, Eric Gorin, Ryan Anderson, and Anthony Davis. What we've been starting to call them as the finishing five there. Hasn't played that many minutes together as far as um, besides the end of the games. Could we possibly see more of that um, just – for Alvin Gentry just to change things up a little bit. It's had very much success um, offensively. Defensively, you take a little bit of a dip. Um, yeah. But could we possibly see that lineup a little bit more um, since the Pelicans are struggling a little bit? I mean, I think it's possible, but I think one of the reasons why I haven't really heard Alvin Gentry explain this, but in my opinion from watching them play, I think one of the reasons why we see them a lot at the end of the game is because it's so dangerous to have to the other opponent to have to worry about five different guys who all are very proven scorers. But I think over the course of the game, it's not necessarily a group that you want to see on the court a ton because, like you said, the defense falls off a little bit. But also, um, you, can't, you can't necessarily have five guys who all need the ball and all are, are trying to score all game. I think if, if you're playing them in the last two or three minutes of the game, um, it's not as much of, a, of, of an issue. But I do think chemistry-wise, I'm, I'm not sure if it's really a great mix of, of five guys. You, you like to have you know, some guys that do some of the dirty work and do some of the stuff off the ball out there um, throughout the course of the game. So, um, I mean, it's, it sounds great to play those guys more, but I don't know necessarily if it would, if it would have the, the positive effect that people think it will. I think sometimes people don't necessarily understand chemistry or the way things work. It's not you know, one of these things where it's like two plus two equals four. A lot of times it's two plus two equals one. Um, so, I mean, 
that I mean that's pretty much my perspective on it right now. If you if you notice, I mean he, they've he's been, Elvin Gentry's been coaching this team for thirty something games. I think at this point by now, if they would have come to the conclusion that that was a lineup that they needed to play more, they they definitely would have done it by now because you know Tyreek's been back for almost a month, so and Drew's been coming off of his minute restrictions, so. I think there's there's really a, you know several reasons why we probably haven't seen it as much as as you might think. Fair enough. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Drew Holiday. He's finally starting to play back to backs. Next is the minute restriction uh, being gone, which I believe will start in January. Once Drew Holiday is off that minute restriction, how does that affect the rotation? Does he change him coming back uh, to the starting lineup, or because he's playing so well off the bench, Alvin Gentry will keep him there? I'm not sure what what what's going to happen. I've seen a lot of people, um, especially on Twitter and just in different conversations, say that they think, you know, he's playing so well that he should start. I'm of the mindset that I don't think they should tamper with what with what's been working. I'd rather see him continue to come off the bench because I feel like you can see a definitive difference in the way that he's played individually um, after he's been coming off the bench compared to when he was a starter. I think he's better because of, you know, he can play off the ball more. Whereas if he's if he's back in the starting lineup and it's with Eric and Tyreek or maybe even one of those two guys, I think he goes back to being on the ball more, and Drew's not going to be able to you know focus on scoring, which is you know obviously one of the biggest strengths that he has. He's been able to go out there and come in games and just make an immediate impact. He can score; he'll score like six, eight points in in two or three minutes. So I don't think um, if he goes back to the starting group, he'll he'll be as effective. I feel like he played enough games at the beginning of the season as a starter for you to, to be, able, be able to kind of make a judgment on that, even though, like we said, he's, he was also under minute restrictions, which definitely hampered him. We're talking with Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Jim, the team is 9-10 and 10 since starting 1-11, which obviously is a big improvement. You're still 11 games under 500. Yes, you're four games back of a playoff spot, but that will be a moot point if you don't start jumping teams in the division in the standings, you're 14th still in the Western Conference. Is consistency the biggest problem with this team uh, this whole season? You get on a right track, you get you string two wins together, then a really bad loss, and maybe a couple big wins, and then you drop off to another loss. Is consistency the main problem for this team right now? I think so, and I think it's it's funny. It's something that we saw last season where they'd win one, lose one. And it, it happened so frequently in the first half of the season that it almost became a story unto itself of of that they can't, you know, put together even a two-game winning streak or a two-game losing streak. Um, since December 1st, which was when Tyreek and Norris Cole came back, I believe it's the same thing. I don't think they've won more than two games in a row, and I don't think they've lost more than two in a row. So, yeah, I definitely think consistency is a problem right now. Um, you can play... I mean, like you said, they've improved. There's no doubt that they're a better team than they showed in the beginning of the season. There's no doubt that they've been better the last two weeks than they were compared to November. But at the same time, if you still if you play 500 ball like this, at the end of the season, you're still going to be 10 games under 500. And even though the West is definitely down this year, I don't think that's going to get you in the playoffs. Absolutely, Jim. Next up for the Pelicans is the Los Angeles Clippers on Thursday night at the Smoothie King Center. The bright spot, I wouldn't say bright spot due to injury, but I don't feel bad for any teams that have injuries the way the Pelicans have dealt with them. 
No Blake Griffin for the Clippers. In the last few games, Doc Rivers has changed his starting lineup based on the lineups of the other teams as far as bigger or smaller. Last night, Clippers started Paul Pierce uh, against the Wizards. He'll probably go bigger and start Josh Smith against the Pelicans. How much does Blake Griffin not playing change this matchup for the Pelicans? I mean, it, it definitely helps a lot because, you know, just for Anthony Davis, the, the fact that he doesn't have to go against Blake Griffin, I think, is is definitely helpful. Um, there's not too many teams that have somebody that can match up with AD or or match him point and point for point and rebound for rebound. So I definitely think that helps. But at the same time, I think even though when you hear Blake Griffin is out, that you you might think immediately like this is really gonna gonna hurt the Clippers and they're gonna falter big time without him. I I do think that in in some ways they're definitely not going to be as good without him. But some of the moves that they where they they've added more depth, I think some of those guys can help out a lot more when they have bigger roles, such as Josh Smith. Um, I feel like he's kind of been banished at times, and um, you know not necessarily for for bad reason, but um, you know some of these guys that they've they've had that have struggled when they get pushed into a more prominent role out of necessity. I think they might be able to play better, and it won't be necessarily a disastrous situation for the Clippers of not having. Blake Griffin, partly because they've added so many other veteran guys that I think, like Paul Pierce you mentioned, who can step in and, and you can, can rely on them to have things not go not fall completely apart while they're without Blake Griffin. All right, Jim, before I let you go, 15 games between now and the end of January, 10 of them at home, five on the road, which is a good sign. What do you want to see what do you want to see improve the most? from this team in those next 15 games. What's the biggest thing that the Pelicans need to change in order to start to get things rolling and maybe grab a winning streak? Well, I think probably, I mean, there's a bunch of things, but I think probably defense is one of them. I know it's it's about the, the epitome of a baby step, but I noticed that they aren't 30th in defensive efficiency anymore. They moved up to 29th. Um, they need to keep, keep um, moving up the, the chart on that. Um, I think as much as some of the other problems have, have been um, issues as far as offensively and playing unselfish and sharing the ball, I mean, if, if, they're, if they play even decent defense, they're, they'd be getting a lot more wins than they've been getting lately. So um, I think that's probably the number one thing that I'll be watching over the next month, the next 15 games, is if they can keep improving defensively. And like you said, you, you would hope that with all of the home games and how much better they play, in the Smoothie King Center, that they will be able to to do that, and they'll be able to show um, further strides on the defensive end. That's Jim I can offer from Pelicans.com. You can read all his work, of course, on Pelicans.com and the Pelicans mobile app. Jim, I'll talk to you on Thursday. It'll be New Year's Eve, which means you'll be uh, on Pelicans OT um, right before 2016, so I expect party hats and champagne from you when you come in to the studio to take some calls. Sound good? Oh, I, I need to hit the store. I'll 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 get right on that right now. Have Thank one you. of your uh have one of your assistants do it. Oh shoot, you're right. What, what was I thinking? Yeah, I'll uh I'll make sure that they they take care of everything and we'll be we'll be good to go for our big celebration on uh, Thursday night. Can't wait, can't wait. That's Jim I can offer from Pelicans.com. When we come back, we'll hear from Saints head coach Sean Payton. You're listening to the Black and Blue. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. 
Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. All right, welcome back to the show. Good stuff there from Jim Eichenhofer. Now let's focus on the Saints coming off a win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, 38-27 to in the home finale. And now the Saints will try to end the season on a good note as they take on the division rival Atlanta Falcons on Sunday at the Georgia Dome. Falcons coming off that big win over the Carolina Panthers, 20-13 to end their perfect season. Falcons were eliminated uh, from playoff contention when the Vikings won on Sunday Night Football. So both teams... Uh, don't have anything to play for as far as playoff implications, but certainly these two teams will battle as uh, the Saints are looking for the sweep. Falcons obviously would not want that, so a big game to end the regular season Sunday at noon central at the Georgia Dome. Sean Payton spoke to the media. The birthday boy, Sean Payton, spoke to the media in a conference call yesterday afternoon. It was roughly almost 20 minutes long. I want to play the first about six minutes or so with you. Talks about some of the rumors you hear about head coach Sean Payton. Also talks about some key players um, heading down to this final game. Here's Sean Payton uh, yesterday afternoon. Wanted to ask how uh, Andrews Pete uh, did, and and maybe audition isn't the right term, but is it important to get a look at him at, at right tackle and, and see how he does in real snaps? Yeah, I think uh, it is, and I think he, he handled it well. Um, one of the challenges he's been faced with is He's gotten work at left tackle, you know, work at left guard and playing left guard and then uh, over to right tackle. I've said this before, and, and I think it's important to say it again. You know, we see Andrews as a tackle, and, uh, you know, he's smart. Uh, I think he, he played well yesterday, probably one of his better games this season uh, at a position that certainly he's more comfortable with and, and is a better fit for. Sean, this is Joel, the advocate. The the play Bobby Richardson made on the interception. Uh, how important is it to, to guess have a guy chasing a play like that? Well, it's pretty athletic. You know, uh, there's that moment where the ball's deflected and it just hangs in the air. And um, you know, credit him for for obviously having the awareness and and <clears throat> and then being able to to make the catch uh, was a significant turnover for us and. You know, it was a bang-bang play by Delvin. The angle I had during the game was kind of down the sidelines, looking back and seeing the the receiver and and seeing the uh, deflection, and then basically seeing the back of Richardson make the play. So um, it was an important play for us uh, in that game. Uh, and you won. You know, it could have been just the the deflection, but to get the turnover off of it. 
Sean, when you look at Brandon Cooks, what are some of the things he can do this year that he he couldn't do as a rookie? I know he got injured, obviously, but what are some of the things he does better this year? Does he is he a better route runner, or, or what are some of the things he he just excels at right now? Well, I think you know in his second year and really his first full year as a starter, uh, there there are a ton of little things. Um, he obviously is someone who works on the details and spends a lot of time with Drew, you know, perfecting the the looks within each route. Um, and then there are other times. Yesterday, for instance, on a long yardage situation where he just took the proper stem and ran by a corner. Um, the execution of the route was uh, was perfect. And then the throw, you know, to be able to keep Brandon in stride. Uh, it's the difference between a long completion or a touchdown pass. And so the timing of that play was, was very good. Um, I think he's versatile. We found at times, you know, moving him uh, either from the X or the Z and sometimes just putting him in motion or shifting him to try to get him off of one corner, maybe onto another, has is, is helped us. Sean, Go ahead, Ken. Uh, I'm in my car. <laughs> you know, there are more reports this uh, weekend linking you to specific teams, and I know you've said more than once that you see yourself in New Orleans after the season. So why do you think that, um, I guess, these reports keep happening, and what is your reaction when you see them after you issue, you know, one denial after another? Or well, one response after another? They, they happen on Sundays because it's an important news day. And, and their and their Twitter basically statements and I can't control those so uh, you know I know it's competitive and and when you look at Sunday morning uh, that's when you see a lot of and and not just with regards to me but whether it's injury news or any type of news uh, that seems to be the the beginning of the NFL week or news cycle so. Uh, I've said it before, and, and you know, again, there's nothing I can do to control it. Sean, along that line, would, would you like to see it all resolved? Any of those questions answered, resolved by next yeah. week? Okay. Yeah, all of that will take care of itself, Ted. Well, Sean, doesn't it frustrate you more when you see those that involve yourself uh, rather than something, um, I guess, involving the team? I mean, just because you've addressed it more than once. Yeah, I, honestly – when you do this long enough, um, you really focus on the ones that you think can and will affect your team. And uh, our focus each week is in our preparation. I thought this past week the staff worked their tails off late after a Monday night game. You know, we were here shoot Wednesday till quarter to three in the morning trying to come up with the best plan possible. And uh, you know what? You, you learn each year it's gotten a little bit more aggressive in regards to uh, those reports, and you can't control them, and so you, you really just work your best to uh, to put the best plan in place, um, and and that's that's the best way to approach it. I mean, there's no other. You go crazy trying to pay attention to it all. Sean, it's Brett. Um, how important do you think perception is to a successful offseason? And to what extent do you think that this last game could affect uh, perception of the Saints? Well, look, we, I think perception is important, and I think, I think how you finish the season is important. Uh, 
I've said this before. I, I, I like this locker room. Uh, I like the way they work, our day-to-day approach, um, and their ability to come off of a win or a tough loss and, and get on to the next work week. So, uh, you know, I think Drew said it yesterday. I mean, th- this is this is what we do, and, you know, your pride in, in putting out uh, a good product and, and having a win. I mean, you worked so long, and to put the hours in, the players and coaches and everyone involved do, uh, you know, the, the taste in your mouth if you don't have success is terrible. So, um, you know, to play like we did yesterday and, and come away with a good win, uh, especially for our fans at home, that's important. It's awfully important. How would how would perception affect your offseason specifically, like just in terms of maybe making more of the players you desire more interested in in your organization or anything like that? Well, I don't know that that's perception. I think that's reality in regards to looking at the tape, how guys are doing, and uh, overall in the in, in you know the meetings that take place following this season with regards to the upcoming off season. I think the grades on how players do, uh, how our position groups do as coaches, um, all of those things uh, are are what's on film. And you can catch that full conference call on NewOrleansSaints.com. No media availability today. And then, of course, Sean Payton and the, some of the players will talk tomorrow as they get set to take on the Atlanta Falcons. All right, when we come back, I'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy Text Alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Join your New Orleans Pelicans Thursday, December 31st at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when the Los Angeles Clippers tip off against your New Orleans Pelicans. Come out and ring in the new year with the Pelicans during our Smoothie King New Year's Eve celebration. The first 8,000 fans in attendance will receive a Drew Holiday bobblehead courtesy of Smoothie King. Tickets are going fast, so don't miss out on any of the fun. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. All right, good show on this Tuesday. Big thanks to Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com and head coach Sean Payton. Remember, no media today, no media availability for the Saints, but be sure to log on to NewOrleansSaints.com for all your Saints needs. John DeShazer, senior writer there, has some good stuff available on the website and the mobile app. And, of course, Jim Eichenhofer as well on the Pelicans side as the Pelicans will get set to take on the Clippers on Thursday night at the Smoothie King Center, the first 8,000 fans get a Drew Holiday bobblehead courtesy of Smoothie King. Make sure you come out and uh, ring in the new year with us there 
at the Smoothie King Center. Sean will be back uh, in the hosting chair tomorrow. It's a not only a Wesley Wednesday, but it'll be a Wes Wednesday as Wes Durham, the radio voice of the Falcons, will be joining us. The preview Saints and Falcons, and of course David Wesley, television analyst for Fox Sports New Orleans, will talk Pelicans on a Wednesday. And then Thursday, we hope to have Jim Henderson, uh, radio voice of the Saints, and we're hoping to get someone from the NBA to help preview Pelicans and Clippers. No show on Friday, New Year's Day. We're going to take the day off to bring in the new year, and then we'll be back on Monday, January 4th. So lots of good stuff um, throughout these next few days, and uh, thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, and we hope to talk to you again tomorrow when Sean Kelly talks with Wes Durham and David Wesley. Until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.